Chapter 6 You can do it with love. Life's a banquet and the most poor suckers are starving to death. Auntie Mame The absence of love is one of the most frightening things that can happen to a human being. Withdraw love and you can crush an otherwise happy, healthy person. We all need love to survive and we need it from our earliest days. Countless studies have shown that human and other animal babies need to be held, cuddled, caressed and otherwise loved from the moment of birth. With that love, they grow and mature into healthy adults. Without that love, they sicken mentally, physically and spiritually and in extreme cases even die. There's some indication that the need for love is so universal that it applies to the plant kingdom as well. Studies at the University of Iowa showed that plants responded and grew better when loving words were continuously spoken to them. Self-esteem. The need for love doesn't diminish as we grow into adults. If anything, the need increases, for love becomes tied to self-esteem. How you esteem yourself from the inside out. If all the words a stage and actors mimic our true feelings, consider what happens when an audience boos or hisses a performance. The actors and actresses withdraw and say, they hated me. But if the audience is warm and receptive, if it gives the performers a loud ovation, the same actors and actresses are likely to say they loved me. Beyond money or glory, actors and actresses perform for the love of the audience. Bob Hope, at 90 plus years old, is a perfect example of someone who keeps performing for the love of his audience. He has had vast wealth since the Depression. Beyond money or glory, we too perform for the love of others. In fact, we need it. If you're into love, you haven't got time for anything else. Love tells us that we are worthwhile. It feeds our self-esteem and our self-confidence. When we know we are loved, we can outperform ourselves. If we suspect that we aren't loved, our performance can plummet. A business person may be a peak performer because he or she believes that there is a loving, supportive spouse at home. But if that business person learns suddenly that the love counted on isn't there, his or her ability to maintain a high work level may be substantially diminished. Consider the case of a financially successful husband who discovers that his wife is leaving him. He hadn't realized he was taking her love for granted. He had thought his work in the business world was sufficient to protect and reward that love. Suddenly it is withdrawn. Without love, he can't sleep, he can't eat, he can't think, he can't perform at work. The sudden withdrawal of love is a shock to the body and mind and keeps him from functioning. To maintain peak performance, we need peak love. We need to be reassured daily that we are loved. Love builds our perception of our own value. It increases our self-esteem. Quote, Everyone has two choices. We are either full of love or full of fear. Unquote. Albert Einstein takers because love is so universally necessary there are some people who try to take it they demand it from others without offering it in return we are sure you know the kind of people we are talking about perhaps they say to us why haven't you called me 
I've been waiting for your phone call. These people want the loving feeling that comes from knowing that another person wants slash needs to talk to them. We are sure you've also met the kind of person who hogs a conversation. We begin a conversation on mutual ground with each of us alternately sharing and listening. But slowly this person begins dominating the conversation with repeated stories of how marvelous his or her work is or how wonderful his or her children are or how terrific his or her expensive new car is. Very quickly we are boxed out as the other person intoxicated with himself or herself drones on, only occasionally glancing at us to be sure that we appreciate his or her grandeur. These sad people have such low self-esteem that they must command us to admire them. The more we are put off by their tactics, the more frightened they become that we are withdrawing love. So they push harder. Ultimately, they push so hard that no one can stand to be their friend. Not getting enough love leads to suffering. Neurotic behavior, even mental illness, frequently results from a lack of love. Studies have shown that as much as 87% of physical illness is caused by not getting or experiencing enough love. When we don't have love, our judgment wavers. We become in incompetent and incapable. We turn inward. And as our self-esteem and self-confidence shrink, our fears grow. Ultimately, the loss of love can lead to a catatonic state. The only remedy is more love. To get more love coming in, we individually need to stimulate the process by putting more love out. Givers. Getting love is really so simple that it's positively amazing that everyone isn't awash in a surplus of it. There are millions and millions of people out there waiting to love us. It's all out there for the asking. We just have to know how to phrase the question. The way to get love is to give it. Life gives to the giver and takes from the taker. A lost opportunity to give love is a lost opportunity to receive love. If you ever feel a lack of love, if you feel that you're not getting enough love, then give yourself away. As soon as you give yourself away, you will be flooded with love. Takers, because love is so universally necessary, there are some people who try to take it. They demand it from others without offering it in return. We are sure you know the kind of people we are talking about. Perhaps they say to us, why haven't you called me? I've been waiting for your phone call. These people want the loving feeling that comes from knowing that another person wants slash needs to talk to them. We are sure you've also met the kind of person who hogs a conversation. We begin a conversation on mutual ground with each of us alternately sharing and listening. But slowly this person begins dominating the conversation with repeated stories of how marvelous his or her work is or how wonderful his or her children are or how terrific his or her expensive new car is. Very quickly we are boxed out as the other person intoxicated with himself or herself drones on, only occasionally glancing at us to be sure that we appreciate his or her grandeur. These sad people have such low self-esteem that they must command us to admire them. The more we are put off by their tactics, the more frightened they become that we are withdrawing love. So they push harder. 
ultimately they push so hard that no one can stand to be their friend not getting enough love leads to suffering neurotic behavior even mental illness frequently results from a lack of love studies have shown that as much as 87% of physical illness is caused by not getting or experiencing enough love when we don't have love our judgment wavers we become in- incompetent and incapable we turn inward and as our self esteem and self confidence shrink our fears grow ultimately the loss of love can lead to a catatonic state the only remedy is more love to get more love coming in we individually need to stimulate the process by putting more love out give us getting love is really so simple that it's positively amazing that everyone isn't a wash in a surplus of it there are millions and millions of people out there waiting to love us it's all out there for the asking we just have to know how to phrase the question the way to get love is to give it life gives to the giver and takes from the taker a lost opportunity to give love is a lost opportunity to receive love if you ever feel a lack of love if you feel that you're not getting enough love then give yourself away as soon as you give yourself away you will be flooded with love jack recently received a card from a person who had heard him speak it read the love i give you is second hand because i have already experienced it first people ask us how do i give myself away one of the best ways to do this is to go to a convalescent home this is especially true for men men walking into a convalescent home are often taken aback by seeing other men sitting there unable to move victims of stroke just walk into that home check in at the desk and then go right up to one of the people and say i'm an official hugger around here i just came in to create good feelings i'd like to share a hug with you and if you need my support i'm here to help you in any way i can if you're coming from the heart these older people will respond to you often after sitting and talking with the old folks for a while when you get ready to leave they'll reach out and kiss your hand you'll see tears forming in their eyes and rolling down their cheeks you will make them feel loved and at least for that moment vital and alive seeing and realizing this will really revitalize you too because you'll know intuitively that you are loved in return you'll see that you are a worthwhile person you'll realize that by giving yourself away you will improve your own self esteem mother teresa is the world's best example of someone who supplies simple acts of kindness like holding hands hugging and making others comfortable in their grief sickness and times of trouble loving techniques as we've seen love is necessary to our well-being it supports and promotes it keeps us afloat it gives us the confidence to grow love in fact is growth food regardless of the goals we may have set for ourselves regardless of what our purpose may be unless and until we have enough love we will find that things don't work out for us only when our love needs are met will the rest of our life come into balance 
Christ said, the kingdom of heaven is within. That includes love. Love is an inside job. We've also seen that the way to receive love is to give it unconditionally without expecting something in return. The more you give it away, the more it will come back to you. The more you love, the more you will be loved. To help us get the love we want, need and deserve, we have developed seven loving techniques. We guarantee these will bring you the love you are looking for. Loving technique one, hugging. We advocate hugging. Mark and his wife, Patty, conducted a national hug survey and discovered that 83% of us grew up getting less than one hug a day. Even if we won't admit it, 99% of us want more hugs than we've been getting. A hug is a perfect way of immediately giving and receiving love from another human being. At the Self-Esteem Institute in Cincinnati, Ohio, Dr. Bill and Dean McGrain found that people need several hugs a day just to be psychologically balanced. The minimum, they say, is four hugs just for maintenance and the requirement for growth is 12 hugs. Overcoming the hugging taboo. The problem with hugging, however, is that in our culture, physical contact between people who barely know each other is considered taboo, particularly when it's between men. Even though a hug is a non-sexual statement, it's still considered off-limits by some people. The taboo notwithstanding, whenever we give our seminars, we always encourage the members of our audiences to hug one another several times during the talk. Mark can remember one such time when he was in Calgary, Canada, talking to about 500 people, mostly men. He said, if you're not stuck in your machoism, I'd love to hug all of you when this is over. Afterward, he was out in the hallway hugging away. One guy who must have been six and a half feet tall was working his way down the hall. Mark grabbed him in a hug and asked, are you into hugging? He looked surprised and Mark realized he was simply on his way out and had had no intention of being hugged. Then he said, before you did that, I wasn't into hugging. Now I think I am. Hugging is something that we all respond to. Once we get past the taboo, the experience usually surprises most people. The fact that everyone at a seminar is doing it takes the pressure off it, at least for the moment. The intimacy it instantly creates is warm and pleasant. Suddenly people who would otherwise never hug realize that they really do like giving and receiving this form of love. In our advanced society, we need high touch to balance the high tech. How to hug properly. Everyone knows how to hug, correct? So how could there be a right way and a wrong way to do it? Any hug is, of course, better than no hug at all. But some hugs are better than others. Some people know how to really get into their hugs, to give and get the most. You can, too, with a minimal amount of practice. 1. When you're hugging someone shorter than you, bend your knees, get shorter. It's a sign of courtesy and consideration to do so. It also prevents the short person from getting whiplash. Remember to hug little children at their level. 
squat down to their size and hug them. Research shows that little boys only get one-sixth the hugs little girls get. Don't discriminate against little boys. Generously hug them too. They need it. And if the situation presents itself, hug someone in a wheelchair. They are often neglected and forgotten. Number two, when you're in the hug, open your heart. Give the hug all you've got from the heart. In India, it's called the heart chakra, your love energy zone. And really lavish your recipient with love. Think of the hug as the key that opens the pathway to the heart. Psychiatrist Jerry Jampolsky, author of Love is Letting Go of Fear, and head of the Center of Attitudinal Healing in Tuberon, California, teaches dying children to open their hearts and heal one another. The opening of the heart is another way of saying that we are giving away our love, giving away ourselves, and in so doing, we receive. Number three, after the physical hug, give an eye hug. Look deeply and penetratingly into the eyes of the person you just hugged. Silently and inside yourself say, thank you and I love you. If this is an appropriate feeling for you, if not, say something that is appropriate for you. Few people make good eye contact. Dare to be different by maintaining magnificent eye contact. Really touch the spirit of the eyes you embrace. Look with what we call soft eyes, the eyes of acceptance and love. Practice soft eyes the next time you look at someone. You can feel the difference. Notice the response it creates. Arms are for hugging from a bumper sticker. Learning these techniques for hugging will make it more rewarding for you. The more you hug, the more your self-esteem will grow and you'll have new levels of awareness of how important hugging is to human life and love. Great Huggers As an art form, hugging has many artists, especially those who have practiced and perfected the techniques. Our friend Dr. Leo Buscalia, author of Living, Loving and Learning, is a master hugger. Leo is in the Guinness Book of World Records for being the world's greatest hugger. After one of his seminars, he often stands ready to hug, love, care, listen to and share with everyone who wants to touch him. Sometimes this touching process can last up to six hours. People wait because they are hug deprived and he has focused their minds on the need for hugs. Mothers are great huggers. They can hug and love their children until it makes the kids feel absolutely wonderful. What are we all if not grown-up kids? The kind of hugs that mama gave are needed just as much now as they were when we were children. Family hugging. Remember to embrace daily the family members who live in close proximity to you. Explain to them that you are involved in a hugging experiment and you'd like them to be your co-hugging experimenter for the next 30 days. At the end of 30 days, you and they will hug forever. Research has shown that hugging has positive effects on children's language development and IQ. It causes measurable changes in the hugger and huggy and has healing and therapeutic benefits. Dare to hug. Intuitively, we all know that hugging feels good, dispels loneliness and overcomes fears. Therefore, it stands to reason that we should hug everyone, not just our best friends.
I still remember one lady who told me, I can't believe it, but I actually hugged the person I dislike most intensely. Remember that hugging is non-sexual. You aren't making a sexual statement when you hug another person. You're making a statement about human love. Love slash hug statements have a long tradition. Mark's Scandinavian forefathers used the Norse word hugga, which meant to comfort, hold close and console. Ask permission before you give a hug. Some people have been severely sexually and physically abused as children or as adults and may find hugging others a bit overwhelming or overstimulating in terms of their emotions. So it's always best to ask first. 99% of people will say yes if you ask. So dare to hug. Go for 12 hugs a day. Often, while we are walking through airports, two or more of our students will pull us off into an instant group hug. It's joyous and wonderful. Dare to request a hug when you need one. The most aware parents seeing a child in need of reassurance take the initiative and say, I need a hug. The child now willingly gives and even more importantly receives. This mentally and emotionally refreshes and reinforces the young ones to move forward openly. Love notes. We always advocate sending love notes. It both surprises and thrills the recipient. It's an excellent way for us to send love to another. When people receive them, they feel so warm and loved that they can hardly wait to get back to us to return that love. Love notes allow our love to flow even when we aren't present. They create a special feeling when the person realizes that we cared enough to take the time to write. When to send love notes? Send them any and every time you can. An excellent time to send a love note is if you're helping someone to pack. Hide the love note in a pocket, a purse, a wallet or a shoe. Put it somewhere that will surprise the recipient. A woman at one of our seminars told about this humorous and novel way to send a love note. She had dictated the grocery shopping list to her husband. When he was finished writing, she took the list and went shopping. There were 14 items on the list and when she came to number 13, she saw that her husband had written in sex. She said it caught her so off guard, she just about fell apart laughing. The store manager came over and said, Is there anything we can help you with? She said, No, my husband's already promised that. One parent we know leaves a 3 by 5 yellow post-it note with a love note for her 14-year-old daughter every day. She might put it on the bathroom mirror for her to find in the morning. Sometimes she puts the note in her lunchbox or on one of her school books. She writes one every day. They say things like, I love your sense of humor. Thanks for helping me with the dog last night. You made my job a lot easier. Or, I'm so glad you were born. Every time I think of you, I smile inside my heart. One day, the parent went into her daughter's room looking for her hairdryer, which she found there. On her way out of the room, she saw that her daughter had placed about 50 of her favorite messages on the back of her door. Every time she went to leave her room, her daughter was visually reminded of how much she was loved and appreciated. What a wonderful technique. Why don't you start to use it tonight?
as a bonus save your love notes and letters and some day upon reviewing them you will cherish the memories they evoke important love notes some love notes can be vitally important these are the ones sent to people who are often deprived of love teachers who served us well those who are incarcerated or away with the armed forces or even more dramatically today older parents or grandparents left alone trying to care for themselves in the twilight of their years these people usually die at home and while the death certificate may list a specific disease almost uniformly they die of a broken heart most of their friends may have passed on and they have few connections left with the world around them they may wake up in the middle of the night feeling alienated shut down and turned off they feel tuned out of life as if nobody really cares about them anymore it's at times like this that they take out the letter we sent a month earlier that's already been reread 20 or 30 times they look again at the letter that tells them what we've been doing what the grandchildren are up to when we are planning to come and visit next even if it's 6 months away a letter that tells them how much we love them it's this letter that gets them through the night and on into the next day the letters we have seen are often tear stained tattered and taped together from frequent rereading pondering cherishing we always ask people to write a love note to their parents if they are fortunate enough to still have their parents with them if not write to another relative or older person who has been supportive in the past we don't have to worry about punctuation grammar spelling or syntax the reader doesn't care we just need to write from our hearts to theirs they'll know what we mean love has two aspects givingness and forgiveness John Bradshaw teaches that forgiveness is tough love in manifestation. Write both kinds of love letters to mend your own heart and feelings. It doesn't take long to write the note. What we are asking for is perhaps 2 or 3 minutes out of a 24-hour day. It takes so little for us to give this note of love. Yet it will be so appreciated and ultimately we will receive so much back from it. Not long ago Mark was sitting in a jacuzzi with his wife and she said to him I've heard you say dozens of times to write a love note to the folks Well yesterday I did it with his wife's and his mother-in-law's permission Here is just one paragraph from this four handkerchief love note which says better than we can just what we are talking about Dear mom I just want to tell you that I love you More important than that I want to tell you my earliest recollection of loving you I remember waking up one day when I was only 3 years old the bed was big and I was little I slid out and I remember walking toward the kitchen following the aromas of the pancakes and other foods you were making and I saw you standing there and I just knew that I loved you so much love patty cuddling We are both into cuddling with our wives. We both fly a quarter million miles a year, giving seminars around the world, and about a third of the time, our wives fly with us. When we are on the plane, we cuddle each other. It really doesn't make any difference where you are. 
Cuddling is a warm and affectionate way of giving and receiving love. Sometimes it will even bring you unexpected rewards. Occasionally, when we are on the plane with our wives, a stewardess will ask us if we are newly married, to which we usually answer yes. We always feel as if we've just been married. As a result, we often get a free bottle of champagne. What a fun bonus! If you have enough love, you'll be the happiest and most powerful person in the world. Dr. Emmett Fox If you don't have another person to cuddle, try cuddling a teddy bear. If you feel that's too childish, something an adult should never do, let us refer you to the last episode of MASH, MASH. It was the most watched of any episode of any series in history. In it, Radar O'Reilly cuddles his teddy bear. The others all wanted to take it away from him. They said, look, you're an adult. You're too big to have a little blankie. But Radar knew better. He needed to give and receive love. And there was no other opportunity where he was. So for him, the teddy bear was vital, regardless of his age. In some of our longer weekend seminars, we'll bring 10 or 20 teddy bears. It is amazing, but by Sunday, they'll all be in use, with someone holding each one. Say I love you. Because love implies sex in our society, we can't often walk right up to another person and say, I love you. They may wonder at our motives and as a result perhaps give us a quick brush off. But there are a lot of other ways of saying I love you to another person. One excellent method is to be tender and affectionate in what we say. Those who have taken a Dale Carnegie course know he always recommends that we say something positive before we break any bad news. The idea is that the positive comment comes from love and the other person will know that we aren't attacking them, aren't trying to hurt them, even when we have to give them bad news or corrective feedback. Which reminds us of a joke about this very same subject. After hearing the admonition to say something positive before breaking bad news, one woman determined to put it into practice. She and her husband had two beautiful sons. One day something terrible happened and she called her husband. She began, Dear, you know our two beautiful sons? Of course, he replied in the affirmative, wondering what she was getting at. She continued, Well, one of them didn't fall out of a tree and break his arm. Speak with love. When we are tender and affectionate in the way we talk to other human beings, whether they are strangers or closely related to us, we are offering them love. Unfortunately, this is often the exception rather than the rule. Because we travel so much, we eat about two-thirds of our meals in restaurants. In so doing, we can't help but watch other people's behavior. Frequently, we see two obviously married people eating together. Because they have chosen to be married to each other, you would assume that regardless of the length of their relationship, they would have love in their eyes, in their movements and in their words. Instead of that, we often see people abusing each other with harsh words and comments. Their words are like knives jabbing at one another. Their relationship has turned from loving to adversarial. We can't help but think that all it would take to change everything would be a few loving comments. Just the words, I love you, might be enough to rekindle the love that once must have shown between them. We are known to others, 
perhaps more than anything else, by the words we speak. If the words are tactfully honest and filled with love, others will listen, will grow, and will return our love in multiples of what we've given. Life treats you as you treat life. Having a very positive attitude when we speak with others can reap rewards that we may be totally unaware of at the time. This fact was driven home to us by a very good friend of ours, Al Sizer. Al, who lives in Portland, Oregon, decided one Friday morning that he had had a very good week in business and wanted to reward himself. We encourage you to reward yourself immediately for anything you feel you've done particularly well. In Portland, they have an excellent restaurant called Daisy's. Al decided to go there, but by the time he arrived, the line for tables was already half a block long, so he sat at the counter. Sitting next to him was a taciturn man who was acting very withdrawn and apparently didn't want to be disturbed. Al has a wonderfully effervescent boyish quality. He began talking to this fellow and finally broke through his shell. They ate together for almost two hours. Then Al realized the time and said that he had appointments. He gave the man his card and got one in return, never expecting to see him again. On Wednesday of the next week, the same man came to Al's office with tears in his eyes, saying that Al had saved his life. Of course, Al was flabbergasted. Then the fellow poured out his story. It turned out that on the morning they had breakfast together, the man had just come from his doctor, who had told him that x-rays showed he had a terminal illness, one that would prove to be excruciatingly painful toward the end. On the spot, the fellow had decided to commit suicide. But before doing that, he had decided to have one last great meal and he went to Daisy's. There he ran into Al, who spoke to him so affectionately and so affirmatively that he decided not to end his own life and thus deprive his wife and children of the few months left to him. This very Wednesday morning, however, he had gone back to the doctor to learn that somehow the x-rays had been switched. He had an impacted colon, not a life-threatening illness at all. He was crying because if Al hadn't been there, by then he would have been dead. We never know what a kind word will mean to another person. Act with love. We all know that actions speak louder than words. If we tell someone, I love you, either in those words or others, and then we do something to indicate that we don't really mean it, our actions will reveal us. That's why in all things, it's important to act the same as we speak. The perfect illustration for this, we feel, is a true story that happened many years ago involving Andrew Carnegie, one of the country's first and greatest millionaires and philanthropists. It was in New York on a rainy day that a dishelved old lady came into a department store to get out of the rain and ask for some help. However, because she was dripping wet and appeared to be penniless, no one would bother with her. Except for one salesman, a young man who said, Would you like a chair while you wait for someone to come and pick you up? And he arranged a taxi for her. Before she left, she said, Young man, please write down your name and address on a piece of paper and give it to me. And he did. 
The next day, Andrew Carnegie, this woman's son, called up the store and said that he wanted to buy all the furniture to outfit a Scottish castle he had just bought. He said further that he wanted this one salesman, the same young man, to do all the selling and get all the commission. In addition, he wanted the young man to accompany him to Scotland to help install it. The manager concealed his shock and said that the young man was inexperienced and that he himself had worked there for years and would be happy to take on the sizable task. To which Carnegie replied, My mother said this young man showed kindness to her even though he didn't know who she was. That tells me that he understands people and business. He gets the assignment and I want him to get all the commission. I'll check back to see if he did. And if he didn't, I'll take my future business elsewhere. Love is the only thing in the world that you have to give away to get. By acting with kindness, the young man was showing human love. The rewards came back to him in multiples. How we act is how others perceive us. If we act with love, we will receive love in abundance in return. Smile. Another marvelous and easy method of giving ourselves away is to smile. And our smile can have a profound effect on the people who see it. A smile is like the sun. It has the power to brighten up an entire day, sometimes an entire life. Dale Carnegie, not Andrew, told us this story about a smile that was shown to him during the Great Depression in New York. Things seemed very bad for him and he was depressed. He decided that it was the end, that he was going to take his own life by drowning in the river. He came out of a building on the way to the river and almost immediately was hailed by a man who had no legs and sat on a skateboard. The man was obviously destitute and desperate, but he was smiling and he said to Carnegie, Mister, would you like to buy some pencils? Carnegie took out a dollar bill and handed it to the man and started to walk on. The man rolled by him and yelled, Hey, mister, you forgot your pencils. Carnegie shook the man off, saying, I don't want any pencils. The fellow followed him for two blocks, insisting that either he take the pencils or take the money back. And what was astonishing to Carnegie was that the man was smiling the entire time. He finally took the pencils and realized that he had no longer wanted to commit suicide. He later said, I thought I had no reason to live until I saw a man who had no feet, yet had the power to smile. A simple smile from another human being turned his life around. That's why we always suggest that you smile, particularly to strangers. The very act of smiling will make you feel better. And you never know how much difference it might make to them. Try smiling in elevators. Here's an experiment. Walk into an elevator and instead of facing front, face the back and smile. It really throws people off guard. If you smile long enough, pretty soon they may even begin wondering what you've been up to that makes you so happy. More often than not, your smile will be returned and not only will you have made someone else's day just a little bit better, but that person will have done the same thing for you. Other loving techniques. 
there are other loving techniques that really don't need explanation that are self-evident and that we should practice constantly they are maintain eye contact hold hands really listen when you're with someone be totally there in the present moment listen to positive love songs always show tenderness and affection be open and spontaneous be responsive and interested be well groomed clean and smell pleasant give flowers share work chores and playtime give good morning and good night kisses have a sense of humor be cheerful the ultimate sacrifice in this chapter we hope you've learned that love is available in abundance if we give ourselves away give your love to others and it will come back many times over one final demonstration of this great truth a most eloquent one is the story of linda burtish who literally gave herself away linda was an outstanding teacher who felt that when she had time she would like to create art and poetry when she was 28 however she began to get severe headaches her doctors discovered that she had an enormous brain tumor they told her that her chances of surviving an operation were in the 2% range therefore rather than operate immediately they chose to wait 6 months she knew she had artistry in her so during those 6 months she wrote and drew feverishly all of her poetry except one piece was published in magazines all of her art except one piece was shown and sold at some of the leading galleries at the end of 6 months she had the operation but the night before she decided to give herself away literally physically in case of her death she wrote a will in her will she donated all the parts of her body to those who needed them more than she would unfortunately linda's operation was fatal subsequently her eyes went to an eye bank in bethesda maryland and from there to a recipient in south carolina a young man aged 28 went from darkness to sight that young man was so profoundly grateful that he wrote to the i bank thanking them for existing it was only the second thank you that the i bank had received after giving out in excess of 30000 eyes furthermore he said he wanted to thank the parents of the donor they must indeed be magnificent folks to have a child who would give away her eyes he was given the name of the burtish family and went to see them on Staten Island. He flew in unannounced and rang the doorbell. After hearing his introduction, Mrs. Burdish hugged him to her bosom. She said, "Young man, if you've got nowhere to go, dad and I would love for you to spend your weekend with us." He stayed, and as he was looking around Linda's room, he saw that she dread Plato. He dread Plato in Braille. She dread Hegel he dread Hegel in Braille the next morning mrs burtish was looking at him and said you know i've seen you somewhere before but i don't know where all of a sudden her inner knowledge triggered she ran upstairs and pulled out the last picture linda had ever drawn it was a portrait of her ideal man perhaps some readers can recall seeing this on the tv show 20 by 20 The picture was virtually identical to that young man. Then her mother read the last poem Linda had written on her deathbed. It read, "Two hearts passing in the night, falling in love, 
never able to gain each other's sight.